I look back and wonder, what was I thinking when I wrote the words, though the honeymoon is still going on? Welcome and stay tuned for episode three. Welcome to the Unfold the Soul, Bless His Heart Leadership Podcast. This show examines the good, the bad, and the ugly experiences of a leader at that school. The content for this one-of-a-kind podcast will be the real, raw, unvarnished, unedited, and at times uncensored journal entries by the school's former principal. So get ready to lean in, learn, laugh, grow, and at times even gasp with your host, best-selling author, speaker, leadership coach, and status quo disruptor, Ken Williams. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I know you've got 11,000 choices for where to invest your time, and I'm grateful that you're spending a few minutes of your time with me. Looking forward to this episode, I feel compelled to say that it was never my intention for every episode to sound like a reality show drama, but I made a commitment to keep this thing real, and the reality is in my experience at that school, that it's that school for a number of reasons and usually dysfunction is one of them. And that's not a direct shot to my staff or or me. It's just a situation we were in and had to work ourselves out of. And um, it was a great learning experience, an overwhelming experience, and it just hit me in the face right away with... uh, with issues. Thus the title of this week's podcast, you know, no honey and no moon, baby. There was, there was no honeymoon at all. (laughs) You're going to walk into school with me today on my first day. And we're going to talk about two incidents. I mean, that happened within minutes of my arrival. Um, so I'm looking forward to taking that walk with you down memory lane. So let's get to it. You didn't come here to hear me blather, baby. You came here so we can get inside that journal. So let's get to it. It's time for the read. Well, I just finished writing thank yous to all the great folks back in my last district. It's quiet here as I reflect on this whirlwind decision. In just two days, I've learned a ton. Though the honeymoon is still going on. I don't know why I wrote that. I'm beginning to find out more and more about people. I've heard no less than three different times that I've got a couple of staff members who know it all and they try to, quote unquote, run the school. Well, I got a quick taste of that when one came to me and said she signed my name to some letters that were going home to parents. Holy shit, I about fainted. I couldn't believe I was hearing this on my first day and she said it like it was an afterthought. Oh, oh! by the way, needless to say, I took care of that shit directly. That, by the way, is a reference to Jules Winfield from Pulp Fiction. Later on, I learned that another quote-unquote principal at my school has a master key that I don't even have. Price check on aisle four, price check on aisle fucking four. I will let you know how that one goes in the morning. Even though this first day feels like my seventh day, I know things are gonna get better. I have to remember that I cannot change everything in a day, and I won't know everything in a day. 
right. It's time for reflection. 15 years later, I, I still can't believe that within literal minutes of my arrival, I was presented with 700 letters that had been signed. I had not read them. I didn't know what they said. They just needed to go home. That that was true. There was an urgency to it, but uh, they didn't want to worry me with it, so it went inside my name and was just going to keep it moving. And I have to admit, you know, when I when I think of uh, my state of mind at the time, I was already, I would say, I guess I, I can say I had my defensive hackles up. You know, I knew that the school needed a culture shift. You know, I expected to somewhat kind of ease into it, kind of gather information over the first few days or so. But it was right there in my face. And this one caught me so off guard. I know my defensive hackles went up right away. And um, and I, I reacted like on the surface. I mean, I, I wasn't inappropriate or anything like that. I was, my insides were on fire. But I remember just being completely bowled over by this notion. And so, I know I was thinking things like, you know, I want to establish that the, the old way is changing. Like, whatever, what's going on where you could just uh, sign the principal's name and, and keep it moving, that's got to change. And inside, I was like, hell no, N-A-W, hell no, this can't be happening, boo-boo. Sugar bear, not here. Um, <laughs> I just, uh, my other thought, at the time clearly was my my initial assessment also involved this notion that this was about adult comfort being the priority and not what was best for kids. And I'm definitely a papa bear with that kind of stuff, even from way back then. So that definitely helped to uh, get my hackles up even more. I just felt myself just, uh, you know, you kind of brace yourself for a punch. I was I was kind of loaded for bear. And I, I didn't chastise or anything like that. Just in my mind, I'm thinking, I need to get on uh, eBay and buy one of these damn whack-a-mole uh, deals so I can come in and just whack these damn moles. I was, that's, that's what I was thinking about. I mean, I was just, uh, I was all things blown away, shocked, appalled. And I felt this almost like a, like athletes talk about steroids, just this, 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 this rising energy of urgency. But as I look back, so when I look back with my lenses now and lots more experience and age and wisdom, I would have, if I could step outside myself today and go back and visit myself on that first day, I would have done more of what I do now, which is I would have taken a step back, tried to kind of remove my ego from the situation and look at it for, for what it is. And when I say what it is, I mean what it is regarding 
the culture and not making it about me. I think a part of my thinking was they need to know this is not how I operate. And in hindsight, what I wish I would have done is taken a step back and examined like, why this is happening? Like what, what conditions are in place so that uh, people feel like em- emboldened to make these moves or they feel like they've been put in a position to make these moves. And, and I, I didn't take that time then. So what I learned later, and you'll, you'll learn with me in future episodes, is that I believe these folks were in survival mode at the time. I know on the surface, it looks like you've got some folks who believe they got power at the school and they've kind of taken over and running some things, which of course, you know, is reflective of a leadership there. But I know at times I got stuck in that mode where it was just about people reaching for power. And what I realize now is I believe there was just a void there that needed to be filled. I mean, these, these weren't bad folks. I mean, they, they no nefarious uh, intentions with kids. They weren't out to harm kids. But there are, there are five folks just running things, and none of them were uh, school administrators. And again, while back then I definitely saw it as, you know, people taking advantage of opportunities to run things and make things about you know, adult priorities first. I really believe they were just in survival mode. Now, as a result of what needed to be done in survival mode, there were plenty of policies and practices that devolved into adult comfort uh, being the priority of uh, adult comfort and convenience being what's most important. But again, I, looking back now, I believe that was the result of a real void in leadership. Now, I'm not gonna get into too many details in this episode because there is an upcoming episode where I do get into more details. So when I say void in leadership, I'm not, I'm not talking about the assistant principalship. You know, He was there front and center and present. Uh, there was a real void with the principal and I'm, this is not an effort to disparage him or his legacy, but this is one of the areas that, you know, you'll get gossip that some agree with and others don't agree with, but this wasn't gossip. This was just a fact, you know, the, the sense I got for whatever reason. And, you know, I only met him once, but the perception was that he was just kind of checked out. And that was evident to staff, students, and parents. And I believe it contributed to this massive void we had at the school. (laughs) I read this stuff years later and I'm still just like, wow. Just wow. Hey, let's move on to some questions and reflections for you. If you follow my work over the years or have worked with me, you know that why drives everything. I mean, why is the foundation of all the work we do when we're working to ensure excellence and equity for all kids? But why is universal? And my challenge for you, what I would ask you to reflect on is this. When you're faced with situations that aren't aligned with, you know, 
the mission, the shared purpose, or even with surface levels of leadership and integrity. I mean, admittedly, on day one, we hadn't, we didn't have shared purpose and shared mission or the why established, but it's pretty clear that the two things I experienced that first day weren't aligned with the proper functioning of any school. And so I, I would challenge you to, while stopping what's going on, which is necessary, I mean, I needed to, I needed to see what those letters said. I needed to put my signature to those letters. I, I needed to stop that process of, uh, we don't really have a principal here, and so we've got folks who will stand in for it. But I would also ask you to step outside yourself and look for the why. You know, I, di I didn't do that then, and I'm not gonna make excuses uh, about it being such a chaotic situation that I, I didn't have time for it. I didn't, I didn't stop and look and really uh, set my gaze on looking for patterns in the culture that could give me some answers as to why the situation existed. You know, the, the idea that, you know, people are running a school who aren't school administrators, that, that, that's surface level. The question is, what conditions are in place that made that necessary, made folks feel like that was necessary? And I look back now, of course, you know, armchair quarterback, years later, I can, I can point to some definite things and you're going to be able to point to some things in some upcoming episodes, but that's what I would ask you to do. It's, it's not enough to just swat the fly, you know, the, the, the activity, the, the behavior that you don't want to see happen again, but find out how the fly got into the house. Like what, what, what got into that school's culture that made these behaviors not only possible, but normalize them because I'm telling you, they didn't tiptoe into the room. They had no trepidation. Uh, they didn't even ask me. They, they, they told me what was going on. And I look back now, I realize that's what they needed to do at the time. And so that's what I would ask you to do is, as leaders, when you see patterns, behaviors, uh, policies, things that go on inside your culture. Rick DeFore used to tell us, you know, you can look up any definition of culture and, and, and get the Webster definition. But Rick used to tell us, you know, the way things go on around here, that's that's culture. And so I used to always tease that every school had, well, back in the day, you actually had a handbook. It was usually a binder that got up, updated every summer. But I'm sure now everything's a PDF or it's online with a click. But I would say, you know, these the staff handbooks, that's supposed to tell you all about the culture and how things go. But after you're done reading it, just close the book and go around and talk to four or five influencers and you're going to find out how things really go in the culture because that's ultimately what culture is, is uh, the way we do things around here. And what happened to me that day was uh, normal and typical. And I would urge you to take a step back and examine why that's in place. And if you've been at your school for a while and you've got things in place that this episode has awakened you to, then you need to ask yourself some questions. You know, what have I done or not done? What have I tried or not tried? What have I seen or not seen? What have I confronted or not confronted? And so that's, that's my one big reflection, man. Take a step outside yourself and try to figure out the why. Because that, 
you discovering that why is going to help you put things in place, make changes about your own leadership to not only prevent those things from happening again, but to bring about the types of behaviors and practices that you want to see that are hopefully aligned with your shared purpose and shared mission. Listeners, I know you got stories. I know you got things to share with me. I'm sure you got some questions you want to ask. I want to give you that opportunity. Please send listener letters in to bless his heart Ken, as in K-E-N, bless his heart Ken at gmail.com. And I will read your letters on the air. They can be celebrations. They can be uh, stories. Sometimes I call those stories, I tell the truth and shame the devil. Uh, They can be celebrations. I want to hear from you. You can even push back on some of the things I say. Because listen, I don't mind that. Because I'm not putting this out there as the definitive uh, 10 rules of school leadership. I'm just telling you what I went through, what I've been through, and I'm offering you some perspective. So send me some listen letters, baby. I'll protect your names. We're going to protect the innocent. But I want to share some of your journey with others. Bless his heart, Ken, at gmail.com. Send them in and we'll read them on the air. You know what I did last night? I went to three of my favorite podcasts and left a review because I realized I can't ask you to subscribe, rate, and review my podcast if I don't do the same paying it forward. I felt like a hypocrite, but not anymore. I need you, baby. I need you to go to all the major podcast platforms, including iTunes, and leave a review, rate, and then please share this podcast. If you plan to come out and play again on this podcast, bring some friends with you, baby. Please, we need them. That's how we eat in podcast world. And with that in mind, here's what you can look forward to on the next episode. On the next episode of the Unfold the Soul, Bless His Heart podcast, we're going to talk about how I navigated the choppy waters when your assistant principal wanted your job, applied for your job, interviewed for your job, didn't get your job, but remained on the job. You've been listening to the Unfold the Soul, Bless His Heart podcast with Ken Williams. For more information about Ken, visit unfoldthesoul.com.